Oh, this is Soccer Weekly, a smile on my face as we talk the beautiful game like nobody else here in Southern California here on ESPN LA 710, the home of the black and gold there. And what a great open from the great Mario Ruiz, the producer, this show producer of LAFC here on ESPN LA. And Carlos Vela supplying a lot of what we needed to talk about here. Hello. What a week. I got to catch my breath almost. It's almost as though I was running around playing on Sunday. Decision day in MLS, and it did not disappoint. LAFC has had a magical second season. They did not disappoint. They set the record for most points in a season by a team defeating Colorado Rapids, who had been one of the hottest teams in the league at the time, and were still alive as play began on the day, remember. Turns out they weren't, as it turns out, because FC Dallas blew away Sporting Kansas City and Colorado lost that game to LAFC. They weren't really that close, but they were alive. And yet LAFC go out with a 3-1 victory. Carlos Vela, three goals to shatter Joseph Martinez's record. Of course, he had already tied it, so it was his record too. He broke he and Joseph Martinez's record in fine fashion. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you I predicted it. But I will tell you that. Before the game, I was talking to a few of the uh, LAFC uh, people behind, you know, the personnel, support staff, great people. They work on uh, so many things at the game for the website, for all the social media and everything. And I did say something around 3-1, three, three, you know, like, I, I did say that. Now, I, I wasn't going to put, you know, put it in stone because you can never, you never know quite what a score line is going to end up being. But I felt good going in, and I, I wanted Carlos Vela to do it in style, too. You know, don't just break the record because he deserves that, certainly. But the season he's had with the assists and the combined, win, you know, the, the winning and the leading this team, and what he's done on and off the pitch, I wanted him to shatter that record. And whenever you want something about a, a, a you know from talent as deep and as wide as a guy like Carlos Velas, you get it. Ninety nine times out of a hundred, you get it. And he delivered three one the final. Carlos Vela three, Colorado Rapids one. LAFC finishes up on seventy two points, twenty one wins, just four losses and nine draws. Four. Losses all season long. The next best team in the West is the Seattle Sounders, who are very good. They lost 10 games. They had five less wins than LAFC and ten more or six more losses. 16 points behind. Wow. LAFC's goal difference. You know the numbers. 48 on the plus side shattering the MLS record. Seattle, second in the West. You know what their goal difference was? Three. Three. LAFC were 45 goals better in goal difference than the second-place team in the West. Four, 45. I mean, just let that sink in. The dominance, because Seattle is the second best team in the West. On paper, record-wise. We'll see how it plays out in the postseason. We'll be breaking that down, too. Speaking of breaking down the Galaxy. Yikes. What is it about final regular season games against Houston Dynamo that brings out the worst in the Galaxy? They missed the postseason because of it last year, and they finished up with a dreadful 4-2 loss. 5-10-2 5-10-2 away from home. And that might be the key for this Galaxy team. 
because they can talk all they want about that big matchup with LAFC and how LAFC's never beaten us. Yeah, well, you got to go on the road now against a team that's better than you throughout the regular season and is awesome at home, and you got to go get it done. Now, can they? Yes. But the Galaxy have been shredded time and time again defensively way too often. Who's the worst defensive unit in all the playoffs in MLS, East and Western Conference? Yes, the LA Galaxy are the worst defense in the postseason. That does not usually bode well. Now, again, they've got one of the greatest equalizers in the history of the game, right, in Zlatan Ibrahimovic. We, there's no disputing that. One of the greatest equalizers is superior world-class talent when it comes to any sport, right? You can send four guys out who are okay with LeBron James, and usually they're going to win 15 to 20 more games than they did the year before. You get the point. Zlatan is at that level. So he is the great equalizer there with over half of LA Galaxy's goals all season. And he had one on uh, Sunday as well, although they were not able to win. Zlatan finishes second in the Golden Boot race with 30 goals in 29 matches. Yeah, pretty good. So he is the great equalizer, but boy, even he can't help that defense. And it has been dreadful and tainted. They are a hot mess. And yet, it's not all about the back line. So, so often when we think about sports, it's a little too remedial. And I do, I'm guilty of it too. Not just, I'm not just talking about you. We know the game, right? We, if you're listening to this, chances are you either love radio because, let's face it, this is the best, or you know the beautiful game inside and out. So you know what I'm talking about here. Sometimes we're too remedial in our thinking. What, they gave up 59 goals? Well, the the defense, the back line and the keeper must be awful. Well, at times, yes. But some of that has to do with style of play, right? Guillermo Barrescoloto says we're going for three points every game at all times. Sometimes it backfires. But you also know what it, it brings you? A playoff spot. And, you know, you say, well, Denholm, come on. They gave up the most goals. They're dreadful. Yes, but they also had more wins than Minnesota United, despite the fact they finished below them. And they had the same amount of wins as uh, Seattle and RSL, just uh, a matter of a few draws less. But that's the point. Scalotto's going to be willing to go for wins at the expense of goals allowed and losses sometimes. You know where that works out quite a bit? In knockout stages of postseason. Because the Galaxy will open up a game like nobody else. Except for their crosstown rival. And that's what makes this so interesting. The Galaxy and LAFC are the two teams who are willing to open it up against anyone at any time and go play their football. Now, for the Galaxy, it hasn't worked out every time by any means. They give up a lot of gold. They don't have the talent yet. They're building... But remember, this was a dreadful organization a couple of, you know, for the last few years. Dreadful on and off the pitch in terms of building a team. So they still got a ways to go. LAFC willing to open it up with you, and they have the talent to run you over. Who gave up the fewest goals this year? <laughs> yes, LAFC. So it, that's the key. I've been saying it all year, right? These are the two most dangerous teams in the playoffs because they're willing to go out and do it. They're going to go after you. 
and you got to win in the playoffs. You can't sit back and hope. Can it work? Occasionally. You might pull an upset. You might even beat a team that's a, a lot better than you on any given day. You can't win that way. Not the whole thing. You got to go out in this league now. There are too many dominant offensive weapons throughout the top, uh, the top teams in the league that you cannot go out and just try to play defensively for 90 minutes. For what will be, other than NYC and, and LAFC, four matches. That's what it takes to win MLS Cup. Now, if you're NYCFC or LAFC, you only need to win three only. But you get the point. They get the buy. Four times you got to go out. you got to go out and score goals. And that's why LAFC and LA Galaxy are still the two best teams in the postseason, potentially, for, for this league. They are. But what a day it was on Sunday at the bank. And it, it got me thinking a little bit more. And, and certainly we'll be talking about this throughout the offseason as well, and, and even as the playoffs are rolling on. Second year. I mean, what these teams like Atlanta United and LAFC have done is just mind-blowing. I know it's uh, most of the excuse will be, well, they just spend money. You know, does anybody remember uh, Laurent Simon? Omar Gaber? Andre Horta? Now, I don't bring those up to make a bad point about it, but not everything's going to work, right? Guys are not always going to fit in. Great players don't always fit in sometimes, you know, at certain coaches or certain organizations. It just doesn't always work. And it, it and nobody's a hundred percent. The great organizations, though, withstand that and hit it way more often than they miss. That's the key. It's not about the misses. You're all going to miss everybody. Nobody's perfect. But it's the constant getting it right as many times as possible with the right pieces and the right coach and the right organization, the right general manager, and that organ that ownership group from LAFC has been right a whole lot more than they've missed. And that's what leads to a second year of 72 points. Just utterly astonishing. And it all comes down to more wins. If you look at it, they had the same amount of draws last year. 16-9-9 last season. Very good first year for LAFC. Now it's 21-4-9. They simply improved five wins over... That is hard to do. And again, a second straight season with just one loss in MLS play at home. Unbelievable. Great stuff here all the way around. Hey, it's going to get better. We're talking with manager Bob Bradley coming up next on Black and Gold Breakdown right here on the home of the LAFC and soccer here in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. It is such a fun time of the year for soccer. you got the Champions League going on. Of course, you got all the European leagues really starting to dig in. You have MLS playoffs, which is where I live. This is my league, and I love talking about MLS as we get ready for the postseason. LAFC, of course, with a magnificent season. We've talked all about it, winning the Supporter Shield. Now they have the home field advantage to take advantage of that in the playoffs. And who better to talk about it right now and joining the show is Bob Bradley, the manager of LAFC, here now on Black and Gold Breakdown. One, two, three, breakdown! It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this! Right now. Bob, thanks so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. First and foremost, let's start with something away from soccer. More importantly, how is Walker doing? 
the news so far is positive. Uh, obviously, uh, yesterday was the day where he took it easy. A mm-hmm. um, number of tests, but uh, uh, we still have gotten good news from from most things. So we, we still need time to evaluate. As you know, uh, it's a day-by-day process. Sure. Well, as we take a look at that, uh, the final game of the season, Bob, um, obviously very satisfying in the way you played. What is the most satisfying thing for you about setting the record for most points for a team? It shows that from start to finish, um, the commitment of the team, the improvement, the the competitiveness, all these things came together in a, in a great way. Uh, certainly, we're always hard on ourselves, so we see at the end of every game, areas that we want to improve and things that need to uh, be pushed uh, to continue to to become a better team. But still, if you take it from start to finish, uh, it's a reward for the work of all the players. We're talking with Bob Bradley, of course, manager of LAFC, uh, setting the record for the most points as a team in the regular season, winning the Supporters' Shield in their second season. Bob, you've talked about it before, the importance of bringing in Carlos Vela when you did as an expansion club and, 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 and having that succeed. When did you know it was going to work with Carlos? Because it's never a guarantee with players. Uh, when did you know he was going to be a success here? From the early days, it was so clear that he was motivated, that yeah. he was so comfortable with his decision. Uh, and. I've always been impressed that uh, Carlos thinks about things and uh, makes decisions that he thinks are best for him and his family. And he's very much his own man. And and when he arrived and when we got going and training the talent, uh, that part's so easy to see. But just uh, the work with his teammates every day and the personality and just how comfortable he was with the situation, uh, those things just made it – so obvious right from the start. You mentioned the work that he does with his teammates, uh, Bob. I've been around a lot of teams where the best player is not necessarily the most liked player sometimes. It happens. But why do his teammates like him so much? No, he's a great guy. Um, he's he's personable. Um, you know, he just enjoys the part of coming in every day and, and sitting and having a little breakfast with guys mm-hmm. uh He's he's got a, a very quiet but excellent sense of humor, and uh, he's he brings a smile every day, and so he treats people the right way. And, uh, just, that that rubs everybody in a perfect direction. We're talking with Bob Bradley here on uh, the home of LAFC, ESPN LA, the Black and Gold Breakdown here. Bob, what's the best way to deal with this long layoff? I think in the past what we've tried to do is to um, to break things up in, in usually like four-day segments uh, throughout the year. Uh, most of our, of our weeks have four-day lead-ins to games, and, and that allows us still to have a start-up day, uh, a couple of days of real hard training, uh, and then finish the week with, either a match or, or something that, that mirrors what we think the next game will, will be about. So uh, we'll focus in, in the short windows and, and try to keep everybody uh, uh, moving in the right direction. You mentioned the short windows. Is that Does that make it easier then to prepare for like the unknown opponent, so to speak? I mean, you don't know who's going to win that game. Obviously, you know 
you know who you're going to play in terms of two teams, but it, w- without knowing who it is, the, the, the shorter windows kind of make a difference that way to get ready? I think that helps. Most of all, our focus uh, throughout the year is always on getting our our preparation right and, and yeah. thinking mostly about the way we play uh, as we certainly get closer and know uh, the opponent, then there'll be details that, that we will spend time on and make sure that there's an understanding of what the game would look like. Um, but really, we focus so much on trying to uh, uh, continue to improve in all the, the, the ways that we want to play football. I must say, it felt like to me throughout the uh, regular season, all around MLS, not just LAFC games, that there was a little more intensity even throughout, I don't know if it's the new playoffs. I don't know what the reason is, but have you sensed that in a way? I mean, the league is obviously getting better. That's not the that's not really the question, but it it just felt like there was more intensity as the season wore on. Maybe even sometimes than I've seen in MLS. Does that make sense? I, I think there's truth to that. Um, what I've talked about often is how you see teams with clear identities and. Yeah. Um, there's a very sad idea of, of what they want to be about every time they step on the field. Uh, certainly we believe in that. And uh, I, I think when you consider the growth of the league, uh, that part has has really moved itself along in recent years, influence of different coaches. Um, but I think that's a, a good sign for things continuing to uh, move forward. Yeah, along those lines, I wanted to ask you this too, because – Obviously, there's rule changes, and so you're a big fan of sports. You know sports, not just soccer. But one of the greatest changes in the history of sport for me, rule-wise, is going to three points for a victory rather than two for a win and one for a tie. Obviously, we know we remember those days very well. But how do you feel that rule change, especially going and getting points on the road, has made a difference in the game itself, in soccer itself? Well, it certainly means that that there's a reward for going out and trying to win and. Uh, it's easy sometimes to to go on the field and play it very safe and yeah. hope that at the worst you come away with a point and every now and then maybe you get three. But in the long run, to develop players and to develop styles of play, uh, that that doesn't work well enough. And so the reward for three points, that even when you go on the road, that you've got a real idea of how to go and go after points. And... For me, uh, I've had different situations over the years where I would emphasize that probably none more so than the the first year that I went to Norway. Uh, small club Stabæk had just come mm-hmm. back into the top league after a year in the second league, and most experts in Norway were predicting that there was no way for Stabæk to stay up. <laughs> And right at the start, I said to the players that there's two ways to handle this. It can be a team that uh, goes on the field and just tries as many days as possible to get a point and keep our head above water, or we can go for it every game and try to have as many days as possible where uh, our commitment and our football gets us three points. And that's the way we're going to do it. And I I still have always believed that – you have to push players in that direction. That's what they want, but yeah. in too many cases, uh, uh, for different reasons, it's easy to get away from that. And so I, I certainly appreciate that three points for a win makes a big difference for everybody. Amen. Amen. I, I couldn't agree more. We're talking with Bob Bradley. Bob, final question. Of course, winning the Supporter Shield, fantastic. It is such a great achievement. 
it also carries a, a, a massive reward of home field advantage now throughout. You know where you're going. If you keep winning, you know you stay at home. Practically speaking, we know the fans, 32-52, the entire stadium is phenomenal. We get that. What does it mean practically, though, that might make a difference uh, for LAFC because you have earned that home field advantage throughout? The number one feeling is just the, the joy that, that we have every time we play in our stadium. Uh, it's not only the 32-52. It's not only the support, the atmosphere, but it's, it's the quality of the playing surface and, and just this idea that uh, we can go and try to take the best of everything we do and put it out there and, and uh, let that be the statement and try to make that count for three points. Bob, thanks so much. Awesome stuff. Continued success uh, in the build-up to the playoffs with practices and everything, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. Appreciate it. All right, Dave. Good talking. You bet. Bob Bradley, the manager of LAFC, the best team in MLS in the regular season, winning the Supporter Shield, and now, of course, they have that home field advantage throughout. Great stuff talking to him about some of the uh, things going on uh, both on and off the pitch with how LAFC has done here in year number two under his leadership Playoffs are a huge part of this. Playoffs are a huge part of the conversation still to come here. I am Dave Dunholm. This is Soccer Weekly on the home of world football in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Thanks once again to Bob Bradley, manager of LAFC, taking some time for Black and Gold Breakdown here on the show. We do it each and every week on Soccer Weekly. If you miss anything like the Bob Bradley interview and you want to hear it all in its entirety here, the show, you can, of course, podcast the show over at the ESPN Pod Center. Or you can look, check us out on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. Subscribe, rate, and review, right? That's what we have to say. Subscribe, rate, and review. You can follow me on Twitter for all the very latest on the show as well. I put up the link for the podcast each and every week, virtually right after the show oftentimes, or at least the next morning to give you a little time maybe to uh, to take it all in at Talk Soccer on Twitter is where you can find me and find the show. Now, we do want to talk about the MLS playoffs. We've uh, mentioned them briefly, of course. I want to dive deep a little bit into the brackets here. It's going to be a fascinating ride. When I first heard about MLS making playoff changes, in other words, going away from the two-leg ties in the second rounds. Remember last year was the knockout stage in the first round of the playoffs. LAFC took it on the chin against RSL in just one game, in a one-game playoff, and then it became the uh, home and away. You know, I like it in principle, but... I like this a lot better. The more I've had a chance to kind of digest it, now that we're getting ready for the playoffs and it's here, I really love this uh, knockout type of uh, elimination. One game and you're done. Because A, home field means a lot more. B, the number one seed means even more because you have home field throughout your conference. And C, oh, which has been the case for several years now, the best record in the league gets to host MLS Cup if they get there, right? Or whoever has the best record when you get to MLS Cup, you're hosting. I love that they went away from the neutral site games. So that's all been positive. Of course, a couple of those have been added this year, and then that last uh, point number three there has been around for a while. But let's take a look at the brackets for the playoffs. I'm going to dive deep here in this. First, in the East, of course, you got the number one seed, NYCFC fully deserving. They were the best team in the East. They only lost six games. You know, we talk about LAFC having a magical season, and they did. It was incredible what the Black and Gold did. NYCFC only lost two more games 
than LAFC. I mean, they finished with 64 points, so they're, you know, eight points behind. It sounds like, wow. They did have 10 draws, too. So one more draw as well. But for a while there, NYCFC couldn't get a win either. It was like all draws, and then all of a sudden they couldn't lose. They only had one loss all season at home, five draws, 11 wins. They weren't bad on the road either at two games above 500. So NYCFC, to me, clear-cut favorites in the East. They're the number one seed. Atlanta United will take on New England Revolution. Philadelphia will host the Red Bulls. And Toronto, by way of decision day, really vaulted up and got the fourth seed. D.C. United kind of just fell on their face in the final game day and falls to fifth. So they'll take on the the, uh, the Reds up in the Great White North there. So, yeah, I mean, interesting matchups on paper. Uh, Atlanta and New England. Normally you'd say the 2-7 Atlanta, they've been playing great. Joseph Martinez coming back from the injury, looked like he hadn't lost a, a step, missed a beat, whatever cliche you want to use, scores a goal, gets two assists in that big win in the final game day. And yet, and I know they just pounded New England in the final game of the regular season, but New England, everybody was already in the playoffs in the East, right? New England had to go to Atlanta. They'll have to go back to Atlanta for this first playoff game. So it's not an easy task, but if anybody could do it, it's Bruce Arena. Am I right? I mean, you never quite know when it comes to the Bruce because he's that kind of coach. And look, New England's certainly played well under him. They're not a good road team, which is pretty indicative of most of the lower-level playoff teams. They're not very good on the road, and it's going to be difficult. But if anybody could, you never know. Gustavo Bo gets a couple of good strikes off. Atlanta falls behind. They just can't. But I, I do believe Atlanta United is just way too strong defensively as well. I think they're going to shut down the Revolution in a playoff game. Martinez will do his thing. Probably something like 2-0. I suspect that'll be more than enough for Atlanta United to move on. Philadelphia Union will host New York Red Bulls. Red Bulls, very average team this year. 9-5-3 at home, 5-9-3 on the road. So, I mean, just very incredibly average. Philadelphia Union are not average. They're very tough to beat at Talon Energy Stadium. That will be the difference for me. Now, the Shabilko injury, he's kind of banged up from what I heard, or I, who knows? That could be a, could be a, an equalizer. Of course, there's some time. We all have time off here now. Philadelphia, though, gets the job done in the East for me against the Red Bulls in that first round. And then Toronto with the home. I, I'm, go, I'm picking all chalk here. I'm picking the favorites at home. But why not? These teams have deserved it. They're better than the teams they're playing. D.C. United is a bit, uh, a bit of a quandary in that the whole Wayne Rooney thing is just a mess to me. Going to Derby, I like the announcement when it happened. I get... They should have just wished him well and sent him on his way then, honestly. I think it's just been too much of a mess. And they got plenty of talent. D.C. United could, of course, spring the upset. Any of these teams could win. That's MLS, right? But I just don't see it. I do believe the chalk gets through in the East. We're going to have the one through four seeds making it into the semi. It sounds boring, but there are no no upsets for me in the first round of the Eastern Conference. When we come back, still... We're not going anywhere, but as the show continues, breaking down the Western Conference, the rest of it there, as we look at the first round of the MLS playoff bracket, we'll have the LA Care injury report and stoppage time. News out of that Eastern Conference from a team that didn't make the postseason. That and so much more. Uh, It's always a fun time of year, no doubt about it. We break down the playoffs. We get to look ahead for some of these other teams. That's what we love here. This is the home of the black and gold. We're the home of LAFC. 
I am Dave Dunholm. Soccer Weekly continues right here on ESPN LA 710. For all the latest on the show and uh, random musings of a crazy soccer fan like myself, you can follow me on Twitter at Talk Soccer. Now, we will be getting to the rest of the MLS playoff bracket, the Western Conference. But first, the LA Care Injury Report. At LA Care, our mission has always been to provide quality, affordable health care coverage to all Angelinos. For more information, visit lacare.org today. LA Care for all of LA. The injury that really uh, obviously hurt, no pun intended, for LAFC was seeing Walker Zimmerman take that hard shot as he and Kai Kamara went up on Sunday. And Walker took a shot to the back of the head, fell straight down. It was not not good. And uh, we wish nothing but the best and a speedy recovery for Walker Zimmerman. Forget about football. You know, at times are like injuries are part of the game on certain levels. You know, you sprain an ankle, you you pull a, a hammy or something like that. But when you're talking about head injuries and stuff that could be far worse, let's just hope it uh, all works out for nothing but the best and complete health for Walker Zimmerman. Forgetting about you know, future games or anything like that. Josh Pettis has been out with that uh, MCL sprain. We're going to have to, you know, with this long layoff, we'll see. Let's hope it uh, continues to get better for him. And, of course, Danilo Silva and Javi Pettis are out uh, longer term there with injuries for LAFC. That is your LA Care injury report. Now to the rest of the MLS bracket in the West. We've talked about the Eastern Conference. I'll do quickly. It's an easy way to sum it up. I believe all the top seeds are going through. The, the home f- field is going to matter Big time in the East. Those teams are too good at home. And I believe Atlanta United, Philadelphia, Toronto will all win their series or their one game at home and go on with NYCFC to make up the semifinals in the East. Now, for the West, as I look at these matchups, again, the most intriguing one is indeed the one that LAFC awaits, right? The winner of that awaits traveling to the bank. Minnesota United and LA Galaxy. And I've been talking about how dangerous the Galaxy are because they're a team that opens up. Now, it's dangerous for them and their back line as well, but they're willing to play. They can't defend for 90 minutes because Zlatan can't do that. So it's just the way they have to go about it under uh, Guillermo Barros-Scoloto, who wants to win at all costs. He's not worried about draws. Now, in the playoffs, certainly you're going out to win anyway, but FC Dallas takes on Seattle in the 2-7. Sounders are really good at home. We know that on that uh, garbage carpet. And we know that FC Dallas is dreadful on the road. FC Dallas is great at home, but being the seven seed is going to cost them. I see no way FC Dallas beats Seattle in this playoff game. RSL and Portland Timbers. This is a very intriguing matchup because maybe the most unheralded team in all of MLS is Real Salt Lake this year. 16 wins. You know, the thing about MLS, RSL finishes third in in a very tough West. And we know this league is getting better and better. They're only three games above 500, though, and they finish third. They're awful on the road. Now, the good news for them is they host the first game. At at the very least, they may end up hosting hosting another one, frankly. But they host the first game at Rio Tinto at the Riot, where they're very good. But they're dreadful on the road. What do you make of that? As the playoffs go on, do they have much of a shot? No. But in this game, they also don't have a chance. Portland is going to turn this around. They're going to beat RSL. The Timbers are... for my Look, the Timbers are a mess on some level. But they, it, this is going to be that... This is such an MLS type of game, right? That's how I, why I'm predicting the Timbers win this. They probably shouldn't. 
RSL is better than Portland day in, day out this season. But there's got to be a little bit of nut, nuttery and oh, nuttery. I just made up a word like craziness. That's a better word for it. <laughs> there's got to be a little craziness in the MLS playoffs. It wouldn't be MLS without a little nuttery <laughs> craziness. So I'm giving it to Portland this game. I, I do believe the Timbers will find a way. It's not going to be pretty. And it might be 1-0. And maybe RSL will bombard Portland and somehow the Timbers will just survive. I can see that. But I'm pulling the upset here. Calling for the upset. The Timbers, who are not a bad road team, they're going to get it done. Timbers are going to win this game and move on. And then it comes down to 4-5 now. What, who, who are LAFC going to play? And both of these teams, Minnesota United and LA Galaxy, have distinct strengths and weaknesses. Minnesota United's strength, without question, has been the rebuilt backline. Roman Metinier, Ike Opara, Boxall's been very good. And then the left back, Moembe, for me, is Wilfred Moembe could really be a difference maker at times to me. He does a lot of little things and can get forward. That was a nice pickup by Adrian Heath and Minnesota United. So their their strength is their defense. They're not going to kill you offensively most of the time. They're going to have to be perfect. Now, as it turned out, they were perfect against LAFC just a little over a month ago. The only loss for the black and gold at home in MLS play in regular season play this year. The only loss was to Minnesota United on a perfect day by the Loons. They don't have to be perfect at home, but offensively, to take advantage of a horrific back line. This is like, you know, immovable object meets the uh, whatever force, whatever they, you know, that scientific thing. Because LA Galaxy can score, but they're going up against a tough defense. LA Galaxy can't stop anybody, but Minnesota United's offense, to me, one of the weaker in the in the Western Conference in the playoffs, in terms of playoff teams. So it's kind of like which one gives on that day at Allianz Field. And I do believe the Galaxy are going to win that game. Now, it might just be Zlatan. That wouldn't surprise, right? But the Galaxy are going to move on, and we are going to be faced with the awesome second-round match in the semifinals of the West. LAFC will host LA Galaxy, and I have Seattle and Portland. I mean, imagine those two games. That is phenomenal. It's not only that I want that to happen, I do believe it is going to happen that way. That is uh, we'll be talking about that for weeks now here as we get uh, closer to the playoffs. We're getting closer to stoppage time. Still to come with the great Mario Rees. That's next. Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. It is Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. If you missed anything of the show, each and every week, of course, but if you missed any of the Bob Bradley interview or me breaking down the MLS playoff brackets and you want the very latest of it, you can podcast it. We put it up very quickly after the show. Find it on the ESPN Pod Center. Of course, all your pod catchers like iTunes and everything. Search for Soccer Weekly with Dave Denholm. Subscribe, rate, and review. Or you can also follow me on Twitter at Talk Soccer for the very latest on the show. We continue the conversation there. It's time to continue with this show with one of the greatest radio segments of all time. It's everybody's favorite. It's Stoppage Time. What time is it? It's Stoppage Time. Yeah, Stoppage Time. Yeah. It's Stoppage Time. Right now. 
the producer of LAFC here on ESPN LA and Soccer Weekly, also happens to be the host of Stoppage Time. Here he is, Mario Reyes. Mario, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm pumped for these playoffs. So oh. do we really got to wait, wait two weeks or so for the feels for our like first game for a LAFC? Year. Oh man, it feels like it's going to be a year. I'm, I'm with you there. I want it tomorrow, but we, uh, we'll have to be patient, and hopefully it'll all be worth it for these MLS playoffs because. Mario, the league has never been better, frankly, with all the storylines and all the the great goal scorers that are in this league now. I'm loving it. Brother. Exciting stuff, man. And I came yep. across a cool story here on ESPN FC from uh, writer Arch Bell. And he was talking about why your team will win the MLS Cup and why they won't win the MLS Cup. So let's oh, keep it these. here in L.A. I love these. And yes. it, let's look at the Galaxy first, and you tell me why they will win the MLS Cup. And then after that, you tell me why they won't win it. Okay, first of all, I haven't seen Arch's uh, great, what will likely be a great article there about that. So check it out on ESPN FC. So I'm working on my own, this is my own yes. theories. So I will read that after we're done. I'm glad you pointed that out. What, why LA Galaxy will win MLS Cup? Because they will outscore their opponents. Now, you, you hear that and you say, yeah, no kidding, Denholm. No, I mean that in the sense that that's how they play. They want to go after you. They'll open up the pitch. They don't mind giving up goals, clearly the worst defensive team in the playoffs. But they'll outscore you. That's how they'll win. Zlatan, Fabio Alvarez, the great Christian Pavone. I mean, they've got talent up there. Uriel Antuna. I mean, they can just go at you in waves. And you cannot rest when Zlatan's on the pitch for a split second mentally or you are doomed and picking it out of the back of the net. And even if you play well, they can still beat you. Mario, they will win MLS Cup with a lot of 4 3 victories now why will they lose mls cup because they might end up encountering a team that puts you know two or three goals on them before they even know what hits them and they just can't make that up and they end up losing a 3-1 game or a 4-2 or a 4-1 game when a team overwhelms that horrific defense at times their defense has been really bad at times so that's how they lose mls cup they just run into a buzzsaw one game and it's over all right, now let's go to the black and gold and see why you think they will win it and then uh, follow that up with why they won't win the MLS All Cup. All right, I'm going to reverse it. Why won't they win first, Mario? Okay, go ahead. Okay. Yep. Why they won't win is, frankly, sheer luck by another team. That's how good they are. They're the best team in MLS by a long shot, and they should win. And they're going to be at home, so it's going to take – one of those crazy bounces, one of those awful goals given up. And, you know, let's be frank, LAFC has allowed some bad goals here this year, too. They've allowed the fewest in MLS overall, but occasionally they've given up a bad goal or two. That's what it's going to take. Not unlike last year's playoff game with RSL where, you know, they RSL hit two unbelievably ridiculous shots out of the three goals. You know, something like that. That's how somebody's going to beat what if a team LAFC. packs the back line and uh, forces uh, I mean, PK, you know what I mean? The problem with that becomes, Mario, is you're in danger of, remember, there's, you know, not you can't just play for a draw because you'll go to start, you know, you know stoppage. Maybe somebody wants to go to PK. Yeah. So that, it's like, that it just doesn't, it normally doesn't work, honestly. Most of the time you get burned when you play that way, especially over 120 minutes. So I don't think that's a good strategy. I think you're just going to have to get lucky. To beat LAFC. That is the bottom line. Now, how are they winning? Yes. Well, they're winning by doing exactly what they've been doing. Spreading the ball around. They're winning by actually moving Brian Rodriguez a little deeper. You know, pulling him back a little bit. 
and helping overload a midfield and just dominate sometimes. Diego Rossi's been doing it a little bit. Vela comes back. Now you got guys with so much skill getting the ball, and then you still have can you know can link up with Mark Anthony K and Eduardo Tuesta and Jordan all the names we've all you know all year, and then all of a sudden those guys are now up front, and they can also win because Brian Rodriguez is starting to get more and more comfortable with Diego Rossi and Carlos Vela. Now he hasn't put the ball in the back of the net either. If he starts scoring, look out! You know, I mean, it's just too many weapons. That's how they win. They are going to dominate. And it was huge, Dave, the way they dominated on Sunday going into the playoffs, yeah. don't you think? Oh, it was. Absolutely. Great stuff, Mario. Thanks so much. You got it. Thank you, Fun Dave. Fun times always with stoppage time and this show. I am Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710.